to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar okay so we have a forced apology that we need to give it's very serious boys we really goofed up this time rb mainly jp i yeah oh okay (laughs) he's not wrong he's not wrong here it is i jp czar and zach would all like to formally apologize for our comments on Scott Pilgrim versus the world movie. Our comments were obscene and they do not reflect what we stand for on the podcast. When IJP said, I do not like Scott Pilgrim, (laughs) it was a clumsy attempt at sarcasm and does not reflect my true opinion, which is that we hold Scott Pilgrim in only the highest regard. (laughs) Peaches, get the gun away from his head. He's saying it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, ah. Our opinion of the director, Edgar Wright, also reflects this sentiment. We will avoid making this mistake again, as this movie should be held up alongside the best movies of our time, like The Way Way Back, Jojo Rabbit, Baby Driver, and the list goes on. (laughs) We also apologize to those of you, like our good friend Peaches, who almost drove his car off the road when he heard and instinctively threw his hands up in confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Our our podcast only strives to be the best it can be and rest assured that making this or rest assured that this mistake will not happen again. Love the game tea podcast and peaches. (laughs) We're sorry. (laughs) Please don't hurt us peaches or bad. What's actually hysterical about this is when Peaches and I were in high school, we had like a group of friends and we wanted to go see a movie and he made us go see The Way Way Back. (laughs) And everyone was like, what the hell is going on in this movie? And Peaches was like, no, 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 no. just give it a chance. And they're like, bro, we've been here for 48 minutes. Oh, Peaches. I don't think I've even heard of those movies. (laughs) Zara, for the love of God, stop talking. (laughs) Please. No, we're going to have to issue another apology. (laughs) This is literally how we have to start every episode now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. um, When did Peaches become our producer? (laughs) She was always our producer. (laughs) Uh, All right, boys. We've actually got a really great episode coming up today. Um, Who wants to do itinerary? Zard does. I can do it. All right. Today on the podcast, we are talking about cyberpunk delays Far Cry 6 delays seems to be the name of the game today. Did you guys know a heart can break twice? Because mine sure did. Yeah. (laughs) Just now. (laughs) My heart. It hurts. (laughs) We're also talking about the AMD and the new GPUs. We also have the Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase. The actual last of the year, in fact. No! (laughs) And we'll close out the episode with some game releases. 
that sounds like a pretty stellar episode, boys. You get uh, ready to get going? Before we do, I'd also like to give you guys a little bit of my apology. Uh, if I sound a little rough today, it's because I've been working this Halloween season on a haunted house and my body and voice are thrashed. <laughs> yeah, dude, you've been working your butt off with that haunted house and it's all for just shits and gigs too, right? I mean, you just really, really enjoy working the haunted house. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love a good scream fest. And I, I won best scarer the other night. So did you really? I did. I was I was the best one. I had the perfect trifecta of fear is what the uh, big boss man said from going <laughs> from three rooms back to back to back. <laughs> trifecta of scare, he says. What's the trifecta? Well, the living room, the doll room and then the broken fence. There's always a doll room. Yes, I was the broken doll, and now I feel like a broken doll. <laughs> uh, I can't even raise my arms higher than my shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, anywho, <laughs> I think this first article is all you, JP. Okay, well, we all saw this coming. It was more of a matter of when than if. Cyberpunk 2077 has once again been delayed until December 10th. Um, now, that delay is only 21 days past the last date that we got. This is the third time I think it's been delayed. And it started off as an April release, and now we're looking at December 10th. Um, we got this news straight from the source off of Cyberpunk 2077's Twitter, where some poor intern who knew he was about to start an online war posted the photo with the apology. Uh oh. So the biggest chunk of this tweet is essentially saying the biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of the game while working from home. Since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might be unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Okay, there's a lot that's going on around this tweet. The tweet doesn't honestly say that much. Essentially, what they're saying is, hey, you know, working from home has really, really made this a lot harder than it needs to be. And, you know, we need to prepare this game to not only work on current gen, because we are still technically on the PS4, Xbox One gen, but to work with the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and to make it as good as it can possibly be for PC, and for some reason, Stadia. We're still trying with the Stadia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I mean, I, I guess why not? <laughs> So they've proposed that the main catalyst for this delay is trying to make sure that it's as good as it could possibly be when it's on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, future-proofing the game, which they better do because they are releasing this game that's supposed to be genre-defining right at the end of a console generation. They're in a very, very weird spot when they decided to release this game. But then again... Yeah, never mind. I was about to say it's right when we're about to launch the PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X and that it was proposed for April. And if it weren't for the delays that we might have, you know, 
seen the game and they wouldn't be in this spot. But at the same time, like the big thing that they highlighted here is trying to work on this game while everyone's working from home has been absolute hell. And I believe that 100%. So before, well, yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot different when you have to wait for somebody to respond to an email about a change in the game. Whereas in the past, you could just walk down the hall and talk to the guy and be like, "Hey, we made these changes." Precisely. <laughs> That'll muddle up a lot of of works and really cause a lot of delays. So that, in a nutshell, is what's going on here. Cyberpunk was delayed. Not a huge surprise, in my opinion, and justifiably so. But people are still sad. JP, are you sad? Of course I'm sad. Um, but the three of us have said it time and time again. You know, it's worth waiting for the quality of a product. And for some reason, everybody has forgotten that we're still in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Because the most interesting part about all of this is not the delay. And it's not Cyberpunk's tweet about it. It's everybody's response. And before we get into some of those, I had a couple of questions for you guys. Let's start with you, Zach. So Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed. We've been joking about it, but are you surprised that this happened so close to its launch? Someone better grab that phone because JP fucking called it. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, Zach. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. um, No, not surprised. You know, at first I was kind of like, no, they won't delay it twice. Like, that's silly. And then I was like hearing JP say that and I'm like, hmm, you know, like that, that, that meme of the face girl. (laughs) well and then it happened and i was like gosh i gotta text jp and tell me he was right yeah um so i'm surprised because i know good old jp and when jp's right he's right except when i'm not which is all the time (laughs) (laughs) shut up so those are my thoughts are what are yours dickhead Jeez. Ooh, been saucy in here well i think where's the sauce I think that December 10th is really ambitious. I I still don't know if they're going to hit that mark. But like JP said, we have said it time and time again. I am not upset that this game is delayed because it just ensures that we are going to get a quality product. And I feel like we've been very rational about this and very supportive of all these game developers. And I feel like that's what needs to continue to happen but overall i still think it's going to be coming out early next year maybe they're going to shoot for april again another piece that's interesting about what you just said czar is people have been remarking about well what about this stupid gold certification you know if you continuously keep delaying this game what does that certification even mean and that's a great question which they actually addressed in this tweet so quoting directly from the tweet Passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all content in it, but it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. That is really, really important to note because if you use the standard of the game is ready, Fallout 76 was gold rated. (laughs) (laughs) Was that game ready? No. Yeah, and nobody's going to make the argument that that was a complete well-made product. No matter how much they put into it, it will never be finished. Exactly, exactly. So as I stated before, people's reactions are what's interesting about all of this. What have people been saying? Luckily, we do not have to look very far. You just got to scroll down right underneath the tweet. I love Twitter. 
So let's just take a look at some of these awful, awful tweets from at Poet Wilson. Canceling my pre-order now, middle finger emoji. Fourth time this game has been pushed back. All my hype has been killed by this. He meant to say has been killed by this, but I guess his rage is just ruining his grammar. <laughs> I'm sure it's that. I'm sure it's not that he's complaining on Twitter. I'm done waiting. Might pick the game up when it's on sale for like 20 bucks, not giving $60 to a company that does nothing but lie. <laughs> Damn, those are some strong words. Honestly, that's one of the more tame tweets. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Zach, any thoughts on that? I don't know. I just think the Internet's full of a lot of trolley people. I think it's just all he's doing. I, I can't imagine he's actually canceling his pre-order over this. It's still the same great game. They're still releasing great ads that get me pumped to play the game. We were just talking about how hyped we are. And I mean, yeah, I think just sometimes people are dramatic. I'm not, you know, and you know, JP, let's focus on the positive, man. Let's just, let's focus on the positive. All right. We're going to get this game this year, probably. Knocking <laughs> on wood. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, is there new one? Is there any happy tweets in there, JP? Any, any tweets were like, Hey, at least we're getting a good game, you know? Oh yeah. That was some of the first tweets, but I wanted to read a couple more of the negative <laughs> because it's more funny. Okay. So don't worry. I'll talk about the positive stuff here in a second. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. All right, so from at Sedakid0812, this cannot be allowed to become precedent in the gaming industry. Deadlines exist for a reason. They're meaningless if we keep moving them despite insurances from the, from the devs. People make plans around these deadlines. It's only a matter of time before you're sued for missing one. Yeah, that's been a lot of tweets, by the way. A lot of people took the day off of work on that day in November when this was originally supposed to come out, and now they're like, ugh. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you ruined my winner. Sit in your underwear and play a different game that day. I, you still it, got a day off. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, it's 21 days. It's not like we're not seeing it for years. It's 21 days. It's too long. Can't wait that long. Uh, just, here's another one. Just refunded the purchase. There is no point in buying a game from a dev who cannot keep their promises. When we were kids, we've learned a valuable lesson from the boy who cried wolf story. I don't think I'll ever buy another game from this studio. That's from Little Blazy Vert. <laughs> Why are people acting like this is a new thing? Ever since I remember being a kid with games, games would be delayed three or four times occasionally. Like, I think Halo 3 got delayed three times. And if they weren't, they usually were not that great of a game. Right? People are acting like this is new. This has been happening for a while, and it's not that big of a deal. The time frame is important, right? Like, if it were pushed back to 2022, I'd understand completely why people are upset, especially if they already made their pre-orders. But that's not the case here. It's 21 days and people are forgetting that they're trying to work on this in the middle of a pandemic where you can't leave your home and you don't have normal interaction with your coworkers like they've been doing for decades on games. I mean, why are people forgetting that all of a sudden? It's, it's ridiculous. And we made a tweet on our own page kind of talking about it a little bit, but... Well, see, that's what I noticed is there is a huge divide in the Twitter community of people who are outraged by this and people who are very supportive of this. Like, we are on the supportive side. And I've seen a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other um, of my friends post like, hey, it's still a good game. Like... This is just good news. It's it's a good news with a minor amount of salt. Mm -hmm. But then you see 
other people and they are just bashing the company and the game and they're like never buying another game from this developer ever again mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense we also have a tweet from andre zawadsky who i don't know specifically what he does um for the developers or what he does for cyberpunk but i do know he's on the team in some regard and he had to make a tweet on his own personal account that says i want to address one thing in regards to the cyberpunk game delay I understand you're feeling angry, disappointed, and want to voice your opinion about it. However, sending death threats to the developers is absolutely unacceptable and just wrong. We are people just like you. So, yeah, when Zach said people are mad, he was right. People are a little upset. Wow, I did not think death threats were going to be talked about in a game delay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I saw that coming from a mile away. Woof. Now, Zach did also request a couple of positive comments, which, you know what? We need some positivity. We have our own tweet on our Twitter where we basically made the comment like, hey, the more time they put into this, the better quality product it's going to be. So everybody just chill out. It's 21 days. Um, Ross O'Donovan, you might know him from YouTube as Rubber Ninja. He does a bunch of animations and has worked quite a bit with other animators like the legendary Aaron Hansen said all good take your time that's it that's the tweet (laughs) such a powerful tweet with such few words Mm -hmm. yeah there's other positivity mostly just other fans saying everybody just needs to chill out it's you know not that big of a deal um here's one quit whining seriously i understand some of y'all took time off for it but days off can be rescheduled just be happy that they want to deliver the best product and don't want to rush it very well said So there's, you know, back and forth on Twitter about how people are feeling about the cyberpunk delay. Most of the comments that have most of the likes are more on the negative side. Um, But you also have people like Ross who, you know, like, hey, it's okay, Everybody chill out who I have a lot of the likes, too. So people are very divisive on this issue right now. And I understand why, but I don't condone it, if that makes sense. So that's pretty much all there is to say about that. What do you guys think? Zach, any thoughts? I just, you know, I just knew when you called the JP, I was like, I got to put it in the script. We got to let JP flex on us a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But that's Uh, all I got. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready when you guys are. All right. Zar, this next one belongs to you. All right. Well, speaking of delays, our next article comes from VentureBeat.com and is written by Jeff Grubb and is entitled Far Cry 6 Delayed Alongside Rainbow Six Quarantine. What is with all the delays? I know, right? But first off, how unfortunate is that Rainbow Six name? I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. How long has this game been in the works and then they decide to release it during a pandemic? Bruh. I might buy it just for namesake alone. That's awesome. Anywho, to start out, Far Cry 6 had an initial release date of February 18th of 2021. But Ubisoft now plans to release the open world adventure during its next fiscal year, which is April of 2021 and ends through March 2022. So that's a pretty big gap. Um, It also says that the unfortunately named Rainbow Six Quarantine is also coming, but the publisher is scheduling that for the same period. Ubisoft announced these delays during its first half fiscal report 
And uh, the move comes as a result due to production delays because of the pandemic, you know, just like what we were just talking about. The, you know, a thought I just had is I think one of the unfortunate consequences of the pandemic is obviously these games getting delayed. But because everybody is stuck at home or, you know, we're at that point where things are starting to move along, despite the fact that they shouldn't be. I digress. Um, but, you know, it's a point where companies are really excited about releasing news about what's going on. And then it comes to delivery where the challenge of trying to work from home and organize what's going on in the middle of the pandemic has proven to be more difficult than I think some people really anticipated. Um, and even if you thought it was going to be difficult, still probably more difficult than you anticipated. So, Oh, absolutely. And for all of the good things and all of the support that we gave for the previous article and delays, Ubisoft has a little bit of a darker side, as we've talked about before. So yep. I'm going to take two more quotes from this article. And this may, may turn the color of this, this discussion. I, I think you guys are going to be a little disappointed. So Ubisoft comes out with saying, despite having moved Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six quarantine to 2021 to 2022, to leverage their full potential in the context of production challenges caused by COVID-19. Our new non-IFRS operating income targets for 2020 to 2021 remain within the boundaries we set back in May. So the uh, author, Jeff Grubb, places this little quote in the article. If you would allow me to translate that, the developer or whoever it was from Ubisoft is saying that they're making lots of extra cash right now due to the pandemic. People are turning to games for some safe at-home entertainment, and this has led to a surge in revenue for the publisher's ongoing live service games like Rainbow Six Siege. Right. But it's also led to an increase of sales for its catalog releases like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. People are also buying games digitally, which increases the profit margin for each game sold, which is yet another example of the trends moving favorably for game publishers. So to put those into layman's terms, what's going on here? What it sounds like is they're not going to release the games when they said they were because they already hit their fiscal goal. They're already making enough money as is. So to maximize their profits, they're going to push these games back and try to make more money off of those because they're already sitting really pretty with this pandemic right now in digital that, releases. That's what I afraid he was trying to say. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was like, I think this is what he's trying to say, but I don't know for sure. That is that is sleazy. Yeah, well, so it's really interesting because we got two sides of the same coin. We got Cyberpunk where they're delaying the game for quality purposes. Like they're really trying to hit this deadline and really satiate the fans. And they're like the good guys. And then you got Ubisoft who's like, yeah, we already have enough money. So let's try to make more money by pushing games back. And with you, you make a good point there. And you know that like it hurt. Project Red when they had to delay Cyberpunk. Like, they knew there was going to be a lash out by people who were excited by, by the game, but they knew that there were also going to be a lot of people who were uh, who understood but were just disappointed. 
and they really cared about those reactions. You know, they really didn't want to make people sad. The reason why there's not a ton of coverage about, I'm sure there's people that are just as outraged about what's going on with Far Cry 6 and the new Rainbow Six. Oh, but I'm Ubi's, pretty pissed off. Yeah, I, exactly. I really want Far Cry 6. Exactly. But Ubisoft is probably, you know, they're not taking that. Oh, we're so sorry. They're like, <laughs> middle finger, here you go. Fuck you guys. We have our money. At no point in the article did I ever see an apology issued by Ubisoft. They just explained themselves and they used it with a lot of business jargon, masking their true intentions. And I mean, you look at it a little bit from afar and you see um, who is Cyberpunk's developer again? I, I just lost it. Project Red, CD Project, Project Red. Red. They have a very good name. They have some good games but they're not like Ubisoft where they have microtransactions, they have service charges for multiplayer games mm. and a plethora uh, of games on a digital library. In fact, they have their own service like the Ubisoft Club or something where you can earn your own rewards through in-game stuff and purchase other uh, in-game material through that service. So naturally, if everybody's at home playing Ubisoft games, they're going to be funneling all of this cash into them. And it just it creates bad business. It really does. Zach, what are your takes? I mean, I just got to echo with you. Like, yeah, you got like sleazy versus like enduring and they're kind of getting grouped. I mean, they're not really getting grouped together. It's the fact the fact that CD Projekt Red cares so much. And it feels like they're getting shit on for caring while Ubisoft's over here. Just like, hey, we're making money. Fine. Peace out. Smell you later, bitch. Bye! Nope, that's right on the and money. It's kind of funny how it's just totally different perspective on social media. Maybe it's just because that um, CD Projekt Red has, can't, has delayed it three or four times now that it's getting such a negative flack, but I don't know. It's just kind of, I think it's honestly just everyone is at home bored and looking forward to the next big thing to keep them from being bored. And it just really sucks. So they're lashing out on whatever they can lash out on because the world is in a stinky place right now. And that's fair. I mean, tensions are very high this year, obviously. But what, what gets me is that I see one producer issue like a very sincere apology and they say like, we're sorry six times or so. I mean, probably not six times within that tweet, but I've seen them issue a lot of apologies. Mm -hmm. I've never once seen Ubisoft like say they made a mistake or they apologize to the fans or they want to do everything for the fans. No, they just talk about their own bankroll time and time again. And I understand by all means, these guys are a business and they, I understand that they're in it for the money. I understand that a hundred percent, but what they fail to understand is that providing what the fans want is good business. You know, game companies are in a great position where they can usually do something that's really great for their own business and really great for the consumers who like their products as well. I mean, Ubisoft always has a great lineup, you know, Far Cry games, all types of different games are coming out so frequently with Ubisoft. Do they really think that they wouldn't be able to hit whatever their goal is for the next fiscal year by releasing these games when they said they were going to release them? Oh, That's even, if dumb. They, even if they took like two years off and didn't make a single thing for two years, they could coast and be fine with for what they've already got. Because like exactly. you said... 
Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. Those are some huge, even Rainbow Six. Those are Rainbow huge, Six is huge titles. And like, those are well-known names. But like, why are people up in arms about Cyberpunk? And they're like, I'm canceling my pre-order. But I haven't seen a single damn thing about the Far Cry 6 delay. Like nobody's recalling their pre-orders for that game. I'm sure there are people are the people are, but Ubisoft isn't giving them the time of day like, you know, the developers for CD Projekt Red are. Yeah. They're not like, oh, we're so sorry. We know we disappointed you. We're sorry. Ubisoft doesn't. They're like, like I said, middle finger. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. That sucks. Money talks and their money is deafening their ears. Mm hmm. Be better, Ubisoft. Be better. I'm, I'm so sick of talking about you guys every week for something new. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? Every week, it, at least for the last month. Really positive. <laughs> oh, my. Anywho, that's that's pretty much it. And finally, we can move past some delays. So, JP, you want to talk about the new AMD? Yes. And this is where we actually get into some better news. So... I spoke about a month ago, I think it was while we were still recording on location from uh, Czar's bachelor party, but that was about never again. Never. <laughs> yeah, that was not a great idea. I was drunk and tired and sad. <laughs> oh, that was, it was funny though. It's a good story. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I was in more pain then or if I'm in more pain now. Either way, I'm in pain. It was that 20 minutes of swimming back to the shore that got me. I'm just like, that was such a bad idea. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so NVIDIA released the 30 series of their new line of graphics cards about a month and a half ago. And finally, a couple of reviewers are starting to get their hands on them. I think they'll be released to the public within the next couple of weeks. I don't remember exactly what the date is off the top of my head. I know it's soon. So the cards are great. The cards were looking awesome, but everybody was wondering what is AMD's response to this going to be? Because as far AMD is absolutely killing it in the processor CPU department, they are absolutely killing it and putting Intel to shame, in my opinion. But as far as their graphics cards and GPU lineup goes, AMD always makes like lower to mid tier cards, but they've never they don't often try and go for top shelf. You know, they know that they're kind of the lesser of the competitors there when they try and go up against NVIDIA and all of the subsidiaries that like to use NVIDIA's technology to make graphics cards of their own. So they've kind of stuck to their niche little crowd of people who want to get, you know, mid tier cards to lower tier cards and continue supporting AMD. Well, AMD got a little sick of that because they just announced the new 68 or 6800 XT, which is supposed to be able to take on NVIDIA's RTX 3080 with just as much performance at a slightly lower price point. So that is reason to be excited because I love AMD and I, like I said, I think they've been absolutely killing it lately with the CPU department. In my opinion, there is no reason to get an Intel processor anymore. There's just not. AMD is doing so much right when they with their processors. They include a really good looking fan right in the box and Intel does not. All of their chips can be overclocked. Not not all of Intel's can be. AMD provides more performance for less money. Intel is charging you for ridiculous stuff. So 
AMD is absolutely killing it with their processors. And I'm happy to see that soon they're gonna be absolutely killing it with their graphics cards as well. AMD is really, really making themselves a huge name in gaming right now. And I could not be happier. The graphics card performance here is going to be great. Um, I think there's gonna have a much harder time comp competing against Nvidia than they are competing against Intel, but still, still AMD is really, really stepping up their game now, boys. The only question I have left is it doesn't stop with NVIDIA's 3080. NVIDIA also announced the 3090, which is going to be way more powerful than, than the 3080. So is AMD going to create a product that can compete with that? Apparently, the super powerful Radeon 69 XT, uh, 6900 XT, sorry, is going to get here on December 8th. So I know that I just said a lot of computer mumbo jumbo jargon. That AMD good, Intel bad. AMD good, Intel bad. AMD process, AMD graphics cards good. Nvidia graphics cards also good. Okay, I was gonna say, don't tell me that. I just bought a new one. No, don't worry, <laughs> buddy. There's, if you notice, <laughs> I helped both of you with your with building your PCs. With Zach selecting his and with building ours all together. There's a reason I chose AMD for both of your computers, because you get the best bang for your buck with their CPUs, by far. The truth is, I'm not terribly familiar with the Radeon line of AMD's graphics cards, because like I said, they weren't making high-tier cards at the time. They were making your lower to mid-tier cards, and I wanted something beefier, so automatically I looked at NVIDIA. Not to mention, like, I know it looks like just a bunch of numbers, but their number system actually makes sense to me with what they're trying to do. And the AMD's Radeon series does not. It seems like they were just doing whatever the hell they felt like because big numbers look cool. Well, are they wrong, JP? <laughs> no, Zach, they're not wrong. Okay, so here, to summarize everything I just said, we are in a weird position right now with graphics cards. And unless you're a schmuck like me who just picked up the 2070 Super three months ago for $500, if you want to drop some coin on a graphics card, now is the time where you need to be looking at not just NVIDIA, but what AMD is doing as well because you might get a stellar product for less money there, and that is the name of the game with AMD. AMD products are fantastic. I can't recommend them enough. If you're in the market for a graphics card and you know that it's about time, look at AMD as a genuine competitor to NVIDIA here. You might be surprised at how good of a product you get. All right, now, that was a lot. Do either of you have any questions? So, so no, I got nothing. I was trying to fit in there, but but yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I I think you covered everything. <laughs> it's a challenge talking about these uh, com PC components articles because, like, I feel like we hit a niche crowd who actually cares on the podcast. Like, everyone cares about performance, but when I start getting into actual specs and competitors, I feel like I lose a couple of people. It, it's it's challenging. But if you still still kind of a noob with the the specs and the stats and everything, but. I enjoy listening. It's, okay. Okay. So just to summarize, it is a good time to be a PC gamer because all of these components that are better than the last generation are also cheaper. Look into it. If you have questions, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to help you. And that's it. All right. So 
there's one last thing to talk about. Zach, I'm handing it off to you. Bitch, I snuck in two things and they're both mine. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. We're just thinking two things. Uh, yeah, so there's a Nintendo Mini Direct and Retro be doing some things. Oh, I didn't even see that article. Cause I didn't, I snuck in literally like five minutes ago. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> yeah, we have All systems. Right. <laughs> do we though? No. <laughs> <laughs> continue even if we did you're in charge of them <laughs> all right all right go for it so there was a nintendo mini direct partner showcase you know those things they keep kind of happening randomly <laughs> yeah no no kidding and so um yeah so let's let's start with it Bradley default 2 it looks like it literally looks like an octopath traveler to me there's a a, a niche crowd for it i i i care very little for it. what about you guys same. I mean, it it looks cool. It looks like it could be fun. Um, I don't know if there's like a saga to this or like a multiple franchise, mm-hmm. but it's it's not exactly my cup of tea, but I'm sure it's a lot of people's out there and there's a lot of people hyped about it. I am in the exact same boat. What's funny is I also got Octo- Octopath Traveler. And so um, my favorite YouTuber to watch for Nintendo news right now is Beat'em'Ups. And he literally said the exact same thing. I understand that the market for these types of JRPG adventures are huge in Japan and that a ton of Japanese people are extremely excited for this game. It just doesn't hit the American audience the same way. I feel like these games are a dime a dozen. I was literally just going to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> well, I totally love RPGs. Get out of my head. Like, no. you, you guys know me. Like, I won't shut up about RPGs. Like, Xenoblade's one of my favorite games of all time. But, like, I don't know. It's the thing about these, like, chibi ones that are just, like, totally not my thing. Chibi refers to kind of like the art style, right? Like, the little people with the... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I will say this about the game, though. The voice acting sounded very good. Oh, yeah. By- like the characters' voices and it, it it just really all worked well together. I was I was pleasantly surprised because usually those JRPGs don't have the best voice acting or like the most accurate on par to what's going on in the situation. I mean, there's still a lot of goofiness, mm-hmm. but I was I was thoroughly impressed by the voice acting. And that's not to say that it doesn't look like it's a quality product, just that it looks a little generic. So, I mean, that's really it. And so, I mean, I don't mean to crap on it. It's got a demo. It's great. It's it's a good game for that audience. But yeah, so that was a big one that was there. And then there were two, like, there was a bunch of announcements, but like, I'm only going to hit on the big ones that really meant a lot to me. Um, and some things that I think are a little more on the speculatory side. No, by um, all means. I think that's the best way to look at this because everybody in their goldfish has a, what I thought of the Nintendo Direct video. This is about our opinions, damn it. Yeah, our opinions, damn it. All right, so. Not yours. (laughs) Did you guys see the Hitman 3 cloud version is coming to Switch? Yes. I did. That's a very mature game to be hitting Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Boy, we got got Bayonetta, all right? There's some mature (laughs) Nintendo gamers. There's like 10 of us. Yeah, but have you ever strangled someone to death with a piano wire on the Switch? Have you ever kicked God into the atmosphere? Not recently. <laughs> so shut up, Zar, you strangling bullshit. <laughs> and then, so, and the thing I want to, the speculatory thing is there was Control Ultimate Edition cloud version. So Control was a big thing. I know JP was hyped about it. He bought oh, it. Oh, yeah. Super good. 
it is available and I have to look into cursors and app purchases, but you can play this game for free right now as long as you have, I don't even know if you need a Nintendo Switch online, but you can play it through their servers. So as long as you have good internet, you can play this game. Ooh. And that's very interesting. So what do they mean when they say ultimate edition? Like, does that mean you're getting all the DLC? What's going yeah. on there? Yeah, yeah, all the DLC, okay. all that good stuff. Um, but is there like microtransactions in the game, JP? Um, that's a good question. And if there are, it's nothing pertinent to actually playing the game. Control was a great game. Um, I highly recommend everybody check that out. The story is a little convoluted and a little confusing. That being said, it was still fun. The gameplay more than made up with that. One of my favorite sequences ever are in this game. Um, it's amazing. Highly recommend you check it out. Okay, you have to purchase the access pass. That's what it is. After having tested the game for at least five minutes, then you have to buy the access pass. Okay, how much also, is the There's no way that pass? game is free. Five minute demo. Ugh. I think it's just a test if your internet is good enough to actually run it. So that way you don't waste oh. your time buying it. Mm, okay. Okay, that makes sense. I was gonna say, how would you know if you want a game within the first five minutes? Hold on one second, I'm looking that up. Hold on while I search. Okay. Okay, no, the access price is priced at $40. Ah, and there's the truth. So it's $40 to play. So what does the, what cloud version? What does cloud version mean? So it's all through a server. So like the Nintendo Switch isn't powerful enough to run it. Um, like it's got, I don't even know what the specs are, but you know, like it's just too intense on the Switch. So they use like a server, like the xCloud kind of thing to okay. power it. And so you're pretty much downloading and playing the game at the same time. Like you're streaming the game, I guess is really what it is. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm not surprised that control is too much for the Nintendo Switch to handle because it can be a very graphically demanding game. So just to tie it all back around, with there being a new console generation and there's more cloud games coming, if this goes well, I could see this being an avenue for third parties to continue supporting the Switch and getting that massive player base that we keep talking about while still um, we're not destroying your Nintendo Switch or making it look like trash. That's true, but hear me out on this opinion and by all means yell at me if I'm wrong. If you have to be to a stable internet connection to play your games, doesn't that kind of ruin the point of the switch? Absolutely. So but, <laughs> hear me out here. Not everyone is like you and me and can have like a PC and a Xbox. That's so for fair. those people, this is nice. This is nice. They just have their switch and they're at home and they want to try a demanding game. They can play this. That is fair. That is fair. But you're right. It is a really cool notion and it opens up a whole window of possibilities for Nintendo because they can get those uh, really powerful, really pretty and intricate games onto a console that could not support that kind of processing just through internet connection. So you could you could see a, a lot more titles and really feel more connected with the gaming community and, and less of the, on the cartoony side. Absolutely. I, I kind of like it. Let's move on here because we've got a few other things to talk about. Yeah, so Nintendo just said, uh, we don't give a fuck. Here's some more um, available later today games. So No More Heroes 1 and No More Heroes 2 shadow dropped on that day. And now they are $18 each. And they're the definitive edition of those games. 
I have heard a lot of people love the No More Heroes series. I've heard a lot of people. Yeah. Huge cult following. I have not gotten into it, but it's pretty wacky. You play as an assassin named Travis and you've got a beam katana and he's just like a he's almost like a Deadpool like character. And he just dicks around and has fun and it kind of just goes balls to the wall the entire time. And the gameplay is more beat em up style, right? Like hordes of characters that you got to get through. Right. There's beat em ups with like some mini games thrown in there with like it's yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I highly recommend you check that out if that sounds like your thing. Um, the art style is nothing too crazy in my opinion, but if you like small beat-em-up adventures and also who doesn't like definitive editions of games where you get all the awesome stuff in DLC, go check them out because a lot of people love those games. So I thought of a question when I uh, saw the No More Heroes in the direct, yeah. and I've seen this speculation on Twitter. Uh, do you, what's What's the name of the guy that they were highlighting there? in that trailer travis i cannot Stone. remember travis yeah uh do you think he's going to be introduced to smash because i've seen a lot of people on twitter being like travis for smash yep. no more heroes yep, you're yep. not the first person to ask a lot of people would really love to see travis and smash bros and i mean i think with the addition the new addition of the entire no more heroes franchise onto the switch there might be a little speculation there czar 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 sora for smash <laughs> So for Smash. Um, so what I was going to tell you is uh, he's already a me costume that just got released. So that uh, pretty much kills that hype. Damn. Mm. So sorry. Honest. Well, hey, that just boosts Sora. And honestly, <laughs> there, you know, I know it's probably a lie, but if this really is the last four characters we're ever going to see in a Smash Bro game, there are definitely way more people that deserve that spot before Travis does. Sorry. No more Heroes fans. I'll agree with that. And then they confirmed that No More Heroes 3. I mean, we knew it was delayed, but it's going to come out in 2021. They threw a few, a little bit of a preview into it. Um, the If you like No More Heroes 1 and 2, I guarantee you're going to like No More Heroes 3 because they're putting their time into this one and they're going to make it a baller, I bet. Awesome. I really like how in the trailer they highlighted, play No More Heroes 3. You can get into it right here. The prequels are amazing, so definitely you should go back and play the prequels. But you can start with 3. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they said that five times during the trailer, and I just laughed every time. Oh, just covering yeah. their bases. They... <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. They're not above, but they kind of like make some, I don't know, I don't want to say immature, but they're just like, it's a raunchier kind of thing. And, and like, he literally just reminds me of Deadpool in like a very positive way, not like a mimicking way. Like he's his own version of it, but like, you know what I mean? Like just that doesn't take himself too seriously, but still a badass kind of a thing. Yeah, I could agree with that. All right, all right. You guys didn't say, well, you know, so I feel kind of weird, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> with but it's that, fine. That wasn't a touchdown. So let's go on to our last game that just blew my mind. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Yup. Confirmed coming November 20th. Not delayed. Yep. Knock on wood, please. Um, and um, JP, did you did you see what happened? I did, but this is your time to shine. So give it to let me be excited again. Tell me again. So, you know, they they throw in a trailer. I'm like, okay, they've been releasing gameplay trailers all the time. Like, I can probably zone out a little bit. And then Revali says, let me show you what I can really do. And the next thing you know, you're the motherfucking, uh, oh God, what are they called? The Calamity Machines. What are they called? What am I forgetting? The Divine Beast. You're a Divine Beast blowing stuff out of the sky like a turd. It was so cool. 
Mm-hmm. I was like glee with joy and all four of the um, divine beasts have their unique properties. So you pretty much get to play as the central pieces of Breath of the Wild. And um, if I wasn't already excited for buying the game, I am positively sure my purchase now, like this is gonna be a pretty insane Zelda game. Yeah, you know, I was a little bit, and I don't wanna say disappointed because I really wasn't disappointed when I unlocked the divine machine that you can actually pilot in Breath of the Wild through the DLC. because it's it's just a motorcycle like it's a lot of fun and it's better than a horse but it's not really what i wanted and so with this you actually get the power of the divine beast and that Mm -hmm. is so hype absolutely you guys are hitting it i mean i i'm absolutely ecstatic to start trying to play this game especially just uh with getting done with a couple playthroughs of the original hyrule warriors i am very very excited to see how they're going to mix that amazing gameplay with all of these aspects from breath of the wild and yeah it's throwing in the ancient beasts and all of these characters that we've grown to love with uh breath of the wild it's going to be special because I marked that as one of my main differences between this and the original Hyrule Warriors, is that game was just a mod podge of Zelda characters with no rhyme or reason to it. This seems like it's really going to be taking a ton of inspiration strictly from Breath of the Wild, since it's the best Zelda game ever made, in my opinion. So, yeah, I this was the one of the only times in, in a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase that I was ecstatic about a game. One of the only times. Because let's be real, Zach, these partner showcases are usually kind of a bust. Hey, now, they've been getting slowly better. Yeah, but that's because the first one set the bar so low. But that still counts. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> uh, Zach, you know what I love about you? You're such an optimist. <laughs> you have to be, JP. You have to be. <laughs> well, hey, they did highlight that this was the last partner showcase of the year, and I think they went out with a bang. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty hype. Mm, I love that, JP. It's really sassy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Snapping your fingers. They even have that cute, like, uh, Sheikah girl with the white hair that I kind of had a crush on. Neither of you, not the little girl. <laughs> no, not the- oh, JP. <laughs> Careful what you say here. We're, we're no, in some dangerous no, waters. The adult, the adult Sheikah. I don't remember her name. You find her in one of the towns in Breath of the Wild during one of the missions. And oh my God, I love her. Well, all right, JP's weird. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I bet that sounded better in your head. No, it sounded right, but I forgot about the girl that accident, the Sheikah girl that accidentally reverses her age and becomes like five years old again. I kind of forgot about her. I think she lives, I don't remember what village she lives in. I don't think it's Kakariko, but she, don't get me wrong. She's hysterical, but not who I was talking about. I'm going to stop talking. Good call. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's all I have for that Nintendo Direct. Are you guys ready for some more news about a game that's already been delayed? <laughs> what is with yeah. the delays? All right. So Retro, the um, studio behind Metroid Prime series, is doing stuff. So they just got 500K to basically redo. Or So at first... This is a, not like a story like they just got 500K. What are they doing? And now they're clarifying that they're remodeling um, one of their buildings. And so I just kind of want to do a little recap over why this is kind of exciting because it seems like Retro and Nintendo are really going all in for Metroid Prime 4. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm just going over, this is a, on the video game Chronicles by Andy Robinson. Here's um, kind of the highlights of his key points. I'm kind of going to summarize and dissect this for you. Um, the Austin, Texas-based developer plans to invest a figure to building a 40,000 square feet of office by next summer. The source of the story, want to make sure that you guys know it's a remodel. But here's kind of like the update of where we're at now. Um, for the past 18 months, Retro has been actively hiring for Metroid Prime 4, the project it took on from another unnamed developer in early 2019 after Nintendo decided to restart development from the beginning. The American Nintendo Studio has slowed its output in the past decade with just one new title, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, since 2010, guys. It's understood that at least one major project was canceled in the years prior to securing the new Metroid. So this is a company that's definitely down in the dumps or at a low point in their um, lifespan. Yeah. Around half of the full-time developers who worked on Metro Prime 3 remain at Retro Studios. Uh, the core team, around 50 people, were that worked full-time on the 2007 shooter, which, holy crap, that's when Metro Prime 3 came out. It was 2007, guys. It's been 13 years. Feels like longer, to be honest. <laughs> right. So, yeah. The original Metroid Prime released almost two decades ago, and only about 10 of the people still are still there. Um, you know, they've hired that guy from GTA. They've hired the God of War director. Guys, this has the potential to be such an amazing game. But what this thing is scaring me as, like all this hype and all this like expectation and greatness, things you think this is going to be like a breath of the wild for the Switch. And what I mean by that is it might be the last big game we get for the Nintendo Switch or hell, even at this rate, the Nintendo Switch 2 or Switch Pro or whatever we want to call it. No, I don't know about that. Um, because we've we've heard rumors and we've seen a couple of specs for like a Nintendo Switch Pro or like a Nintendo Switch 2, but nothing credible or nothing that would believe me to or have me like believe in the idea that this might be one of the last big projects that we see for the Switch. Well, then again, when is this supposed to come out? Yes, <laughs> all right. <laughs> For me, the reason why I'm so excited is because like Nintendo investing all of this money into Retro Studios on Zach, you went through an amazing roster for a development team, but also the money to rebuild and redesign their studio to get going with this. I think they're finally going to try to put Metroid uh, Prime back as one of Nintendo's biggest IPs like it deserves to be. Metroid Prime, they've been sleeping on Metroid Prime. And I know we've talked a little bit about how they're getting it going again with Retro, and by all means, that's exciting. But it warranted the question, like, okay, so if Metroid Prime 4 comes out, and if it's any good, are they going to continue building upon Metroid Prime, or are they going to leave it alone for another 15 years? Well, to me, investing $500 into the, or $500,000, here's $500, guys, have fun. Huh? To me, investing 500K into the studio is a pretty good sign of, look, we've heard what you guys are saying, and we totally agree, it's time to stop sleeping on Metroid. That was excellent and well said. Zara, anything to add? Because that's really all I kind of got for this article. I think you guys covered everything. Um, Yeah, I can't wait to see when Metroid Prime 4 is speculated to be released or (laughs) when we get any more news on it i guess they gotta rebuild their facility first um but yeah this is just some foreshadowing of some really hype news to come absolutely absolutely i'm very excited about it and so with all that czar there's a lot of new game releases will you take care of it please yeah the (laughs) new game releases section is daunting 
Yeah, this is a this is a pretty big list. Let's see if I can do this. All right. So on November 5th for the PC, we have Wreathage. Next, we have Chicken Police for the PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on November 5th. How Stories Die comes to the PC on November 5th. Cosmocrats comes to the PC on November 5th. Real Politics <laughs> uh, with a K and that's the sequel, comes out for the PC on November 5th. <laughs> I love it. Bakugan, Champions of Vistroya, comes to the Switch on November 6th. And I think that was actually uh, hyped in the mini direct. It was. Sadly, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a worse Pokemon. Next, we have Dirt 5 for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on November 6th. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered comes to the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on November 6th. We have Paw Patrol <laughs> Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay comes to the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and no Nintendo Switch on November 6th. Umaranga? Umaranga? Umarangi. Umarangi Generation Macro DLC comes to the PC November 7th. Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes to the PC. Uh, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Google Stadia on November 10th. Yeah. Next, we have Borderlands 3 for the Xbox Series X on November 10th. And guys, is it weird that we're now discussing the next-gen consoles that games are coming out on? Yeah, it is really weird, in my opinion. I was feeling this list out, and I'm like, we're here now? Yeah, I, I saw that the XSX and I was like, what? The, oh, my God, that's the next Xbox. <laughs> yep, we're just about there, man. Anywho, next we have Bright Memory for the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Destiny 2 Beyond Light DLC comes out for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Google Stadia. Woo! November 10th. Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition comes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Dirt 5 comes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Enlisted goes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Evergate goes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. The Falconeer comes to the PC Xbox One on November 10th. Fortnite goes to the new Xbox on November 10th. Does it have to? <laughs> right? Can it just die? <laughs> Fuser comes to the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on November 10th. Gears of War Tactics comes to the Xbox Series X and Xbox One, naturally, because it's one of their two exclusive IPs, <laughs> on November 10th. Liftoff Drone Racing comes to the PS4 and Xbox One on November 10th. Man Eater comes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. NBA 2K21 goes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Observer System Redux comes to the PC and Xbox Series X on November 10th. Planet Coaster Console Edition goes to the Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One on November 10th. Sakuna of Rice and Ruin comes to the PC on November 10th. Tetris Effect Connected goes to the Xbox Series X and Xbox One on November 10th. Warhammer Chaos Bane goes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. Watchdog Legions goes to the Xbox Series X on November 10th. And Xbox Series X pre-orders are available on November 10th. 
along with the Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. And um, is that Final Fantasy 13 remake? That what? Come on, you you read Latin numerals all the time. Yeah, but it just says the number 13. Yeah, it just says 13 remake. Oh, no, that says, yeah, 13 remake. I don't know what the fuck that is, man. I'm just fucking making me do shit. Like, come on, what the <laughs> <laughs> Literally called 13s. That's it. No, it's just a first person shooter game developed by Playmagic LTD. Oh. Oh, okay. So 13 Remake comes to the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on November 10th. Yakuza Like a Dragon comes to the PC, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on November 10th. Thanks for falling on the... Holy crap. Thanks for falling on that grenade and reading all of those. that was stupid. Oh my god, that was the biggest list we've ever seen. Well, to be fair, a lot of those are just re-releases for things that are coming out for the Xbox Series X, but still... I'm winded. And come to think of it, after looking at the list, they've got a decent roster. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good things that are going to be dropping on the Series X on launch. All right. But as always, we've got one hype up game. We've been talking about it for months. What's that game, boys? Vikings are cool. Vikings are cool. Was that the The first time? The fracking. Oh, my God. Have we been talking about this for like six months now then? Yo, time is a flat circle, man. (laughs) Uh, That makes me sad. (laughs) Yep. This week, we're talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming for PC, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course, the Stadia. Yay. Why won't Stadia die? It's just getting off the ground. And it's time to go back down. Yeah. What is there really to say about Assassin's Creed Valhalla that A, we haven't already said, and B, people who are huge fans of Assassin's Creed don't already know? Yeah, it's it's going to be great. There's Vikings, there's ships. Apparently you go to Ireland. I'm hoping you get a punch out of Leprechaun. <laughs> this game's got it all. I'm looking. I don't know when I'm going to get this game. I probably will not get it for at least a few months. But what I will say is I am looking for an Assassin's Creed game to dethrone Black Flag is my favorite Assassin's Creed game. This game just might do it. I think so. It looks like I love the premise. I love the time. The combat looks like a lot of fun. There's a certain level of quality that you expect when you get an Assassin's Creed game. I fully expect it to be there, but there's just something more special about this one compared to other Assassin's Creed titles. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm just more excited about this one than I was about Origins or Assassin's Creed 3. It looks like it's going to be more special. I don't know why. I can't wait to try it. And with all that, I also, I have never played an Assassin's Creed game. The second this goes on sale, I'm picking it up to join my backlog. To join (laughs) (laughs) to the backlog, boys. For the backlog. For the backlog. I was going to say, Zach, you never have tried an Assassin's Creed game before, have you? I've never touched it. I don't know if Zach will like it or not. What do you think, Zar? Third person fighter, uh, a little bit of stealth aspect to it. A lot of free roaming. I think I think Zach will really enjoy it. That's the thing about Assassin's Creed games. They've got a little something for everybody. But is it for me, JP? Everything's for you, Zach. You're a special boy. (laughs) I think I should be complimented. (laughs) Just take the compliment. (laughs) All right, boys. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap this episode up. All right. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye.